Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I think it's very important 
that uh, we have the conversation talking about us being spiritual beings. We spend yeah. a lot of time talking about the physical realm and the transition and the day-to-day goings-on in our physical life. But as you know, most of us don't spend that much time on the spiritual realm, which really helps to make our physical whole. Um, I'm honored to be here tonight and to share whatever insight and knowledge I have uh, as it relates to the spiritual realm or upper level of consciousness. And I'm greatly honored that you're here, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Um, One of the things that we've discussed uh, before is that uh, many times people don't listen to what other people are saying. And because of the curse of tongues, which was placed on humanity during the time of the erection of the Tower of David, uh, often we don't understand each other because we speak different languages. And the different languages don't always have to be different language group. A lot of times when speaking English, people don't understand each other because uh, they're coming from different places. And, uh, the example I like to use is that the words noble and gentle, they have specific meanings in our day and age. But where those words came from, they meant something totally different. A gentle was somebody from the gentry, the land that I was and a noble was someone from the nobility. So a person in that time could be both noble and gentle and be a killer and a rapist. Uh, but they'd still be noble and gentle because they were from the aristocracy and they owned land. So now those words over the centuries have come to mean something very uh, different. And many times the words that we share, uh, different people um, mean something different when they're using the words. So I thought it would be an interesting thing to explore um, I was looking at your pages, and you were speaking about the Elohim and about being a spiritual warrior, and those are things that I believe in very strongly as well, uh, and I thought it would be interesting to expand my understanding as to uh, someone with a Judaic background, uh, what does Elohim mean exactly? And then I'll share what it means to someone from an Olympian standpoint. Um, El- Elohim is the Hebrew language or the Hebrew name of God in which uh, people who are of Christian faith usually spell it G-O-D. Elohim is is God. We have a few different names. The Most High is Elion, uh, but they're all referring to the Most High in the Hebrew language. Before we really jump in, I just want to uh, share something with the audience. The sure. English language is the English language is only 500 years old. Where we yes. had, or I should say, where we had vowels. So uh, the uh, putting together English uh, is is very very difficult. Today we take that language for granted, as you and I have studied, whether it be philosophy, or psychology or Greek history, Egyptian history, we know the way they communicated, as you alluded to earlier in our conversation, the meanings of words were different back then than they are now. And I'm glad that we have this opportunity to break down and share some of these words to help people understand what they mean or what they should mean today, where it lost its meaning through time, uh, on where we exist today. 
awesome. Look, I'm glad we're on the same page with that because it is important to know where these words come from and what they meant originally. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, not to get into the weeds too much, but even the word, with all due respect to those who observe uh, Jesus Christ as their Messiah, the name, and we're having this conversation for educational purposes, uh, not to demoralize or demean anyone's belief. Uh, We're here to raise your level of consciousness and help you understand various meanings. Uh, The name Jesus Christ did not exist until the early 1500s because there were no vowels in the alphabet. And as we're talking about language and different meanings, Hebrew was one of the original languages. And then it transcends to Latin, Greek, and then English. So through those multi-translations, English was formed. So just as a little footnote, for those who are listening, so they might be able to follow as we might be talking about different time frames and different meanings. That, that's a very good point. And since you brought up G- uh, Jesus Christ, um, being Greek, the word uh, Christ, that means different things depending on how it's spelled. And back uh, during the time when Jesus is said to have lived, uh, all three spellings were used. So um, Christ spelled with a yota or with an I was what, what most people uh, believe it to be. Christ did anointed, uh, you know, someone special, the, the Messiah, someone royal. If you spelled it with an epsilon yota, which is like an E-I, uh, and that was the yes. word she saw, that, that meant an oracle. Somebody who was like a, a medium or channel would be considered today. In antiquity, they were called oracles. So they gave out which was uh, the oracular utterances. So uh, someone could be a Christ if they were uh, an anointed one. Someone could be a Christ if they were um, a medium or a channeler. And then the third way it's spelled with an ita, uh, it meant a good man to the community. So it would be, if you look at a lot of tombs back then, they have uh, uh, whatever the person's name was, and then Christ after it. So that was the equivalent to belonging to like the Rotary or uh, the uh, Lions Club or the Mason. You know, you had uh, uh, that put after your name. So if you were a benefactor to your community, if you helped other people, then you are Christos spelled with an Ita. So a lot of people who speak English don't know that, you know, but it's important to understand that the word had many meanings. And if someone like Paul was speaking uh, to the people at the Arapagos at the uh, Parthenon, the people listening were hearing different things depending on whether you know, they spelled it one of three different ways inside their head when he was talking. You know, you hit, uh, I understand everything you're saying, and I hope that our audience was able to unpack that because you did share a lot of information that was critical to the thought process of when, uh, excuse the terminology, vowels or the European construct, if you will, of English was created. Uh That was right on point how you presented that. Now, in Judaism, um, his name is Yahawashad, which because we have to also remember for our listeners Hebrew and Aramaic was the language of that time, not English. The writing was Hebrew. 
uh, or the language was Hebrew and the writings were Hebrew rather, and, and the language was Aramaic, which in my studies as of late, uh, and I, I know that everyone doesn't have this ability, it takes a lot of time and practice to read the scriptures from that time period. Uh, but what I found is, is I found that the best way for me to understand that information was I am able to place myself back in that time period. And how I was able to do that is through reading history around that mm-hmm. time period, because some people's thought process is of what they think of a modern day when they reflect back and trying to understand or learn about history. And you have to almost be you have to submit yourself to the work and be open right. for the allowance of 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 learning because of the four uh, different languages English uh, Greek uh, Aramaic Hebrew Latin you know uh, the translation and the meanings as you talked about earlier get a little muddled so I'm very blessed to have this opportunity to explore these things and and, and unpackage them and talk to with you about it. And we might have to do this a couple of more times uh, to help help people uh, reinforce um, our thought process, our educational process, and our level of consciousness of where we are, not to make people accept what we think, but to help them to understand why we think and are the way we are and how we came up with these conclusions. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and like you've said uh, um, several times, this, this isn't to try to convince somebody not to believe what, what they uh, believe uh, heartfelt. It's just to exactly. give insight into how these uh, ideas evolved over time and how they may have meant something very different uh, to the people who lived during those times then they mean to us that when it's been translated through all those languages and cultures, each one that added a lot of meanings that might have been very alien to somebody living at the time of Jesus or at the time of Socrates. Amen. And, and Hercules, if I may, I would like to add a footnote to sure. our points now. Um, and I, I'm going to use myself as an example because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Uh, religion was created by man. For me, I transitioned to become my higher spiritual being. That was the purpose of religion, and that's why I transitioned through various religions, because I kept taking a step up to ascend to my higher spiritual being. At this point, because it was the first monotheistic religion versus many gods. I'm at this point now of Judaism because that was the first monotheistic religion, but only at this moment uh, is, is, is a step to the highest level of consciousness within the framework of this religion that has helped me at this time. So uh, religion is... Yes, you interest... Religion... The problem today is religion is commercialized. Religion is supposed to be used to ascend and to attain to the higher level of consciousness. And, and, and we're not doing that today. And that's how come people get so tied up in emotions 
And so people get tied up in anger and all of these other feelings because they are internalizing things that are in the physical realm and they think that they can control the physical realm versus being above all things that exist. And you monitor those things rather than control the things on earth. That's why you have stress, anxiety, and chaos. You cannot harness physical things. One has to have the ability to their level of consciousness rise above all things. And once you are able to see things from a spiritual perspective, then those things become less less tempting and less controlling of our emotions. And I hope I unpackaged that pretty good for the audience. Yes, you did. That was very powerfully uh, and clearly uh, said. And uh, I agree with you also. Uh, And in my search, um, I have explored different uh, paths. And uh, some of them uh, took me to the same place, and some of them took me to different places, which uh, some of which were good places to be, and some I didn't find them good places to be. So I no longer uh, followed those uh, paths. Uh, but I too am trying to find the highest, you know, the highest expression. And as I move through life, uh, different things appear to be the highest, but then when I attain them with my consciousness, I see that they're not. And there I thank the road and I thank those who helped me get to the point where I got, but then I started uh, seeking again because uh, there always seems to be a higher perspective. There always seems to be a greater understanding. And as you know, if you move on the spiritual path, um, you see beyond the concepts created by man or uh, developed by your own mind, there is a higher intelligence. Uh, There is a great goodness uh, in uh, the the universe, both the physical universe and beyond it, uh, and understanding that reality and uh, being nurtured by that reality uh, becomes ever more real. And many of the things in the physical world become illusory because they're created from your mind. Uh, and they're, they're like fantasies. Some of them are pretty bad fantasies, too. You know, uh, you hit the nail on the head, and, and you and I are a perfect example, and we talked about it earlier off the studio. Since you and I are spiritual beings seeking a higher level of consciousness, and we are above physical things, not that we're better than or greater than, we understand and understand that we are above things, and things do not consume us. That's how, and this is for the audience, it's a good example how Hercules and Brother Isaiah is able to communicate no matter what they, how they function and interact on, in the physical realm or what the beliefs are in the physical realm. Because we, because we are spiritual beings, we are able to have an intellectual, spiritual conversation rooted in the universe. And we don't allow our physical beings to interject in raising our level of consciousness and exploring our level of consciousness and expanding it because we're not entangled physically. And I hope that our audience or your audience could understand that difficult and challenging. It's taken me about 10 years to ascend to a higher spiritual being. And it takes meditation, as you know, and constant yeah. either meditation, prayer, silence, quiet to, to uh, be above things. You cannot let these things control your life. 
because then you can't ascend to the higher spiritual realm. And we were created in the spirit. We were created out of the consciousness, a higher consciousness of mind created. Everything that is physical was created in the was created in the spiritual, and the physical is the consummation that we were created in the physical, in the in the spiritual. That's the purpose while we're physically here. Not that it started from inception. It started from the conscious, a higher level of consciousness in the spirit before the connection of flesh. And my physical presence is is the consequences, is the proof that I was created in the spirit. That's why I'm here. And this is why I believe I will never die, because if I was created in the spirit and my flesh is proof that I was created in the spirit, then when my flesh is no longer here, then I will be a whole spirit. That that is very profound, and it's it's something that it takes a while, uh, like intellectually you might think it, but to grasp it, to know it, that takes years of not only learning but also unlearning. It does. Uh, Deprogramming yourself from a lot of the stuff that was conditioned into you, uh, and that when you lived like when all of us lived a life that was asleep, where we weren't operating from our highest uh, self, we were operating from the programming. And uh, living Amen. out the of our ancestors and our culture. That is so true. And I am so blessed that my eye and my third eye is open, that I am able to allow and receive uh, various spiritual, or I should say various frequencies within the spiritual realm. It takes time. And you're right. Some people that might be listening to this, might think that we're nuts or we're crazy, but those who understand what we're talking about in anyone, even if you read the Bible, even if you read psychology or philosophy, it always goes to a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of being. And if you can't challenge yourself to block out the physical, you'll never be able to ascend to the non-physical. And it's, it's not easy especially today because we're overwhelmed, empowered by technology, brainwashing, things keep shooting at us. And I know you're probably like me. I'm on social media. I have to shut it off and completely TV. I cannot always be programmed because that's what you end up becoming is programmed, and that doesn't allow me to think freely or ascend to various spiritual levels of consciousness because I'm being dummied down by technology. My the, my social media, the time that I spend on it, uh, is part of my ministry. <laughs> so that's how I think of it. And I'm on it as long as I need to be. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I see a lot of people and I, I hear a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of drama on social media. Uh, and uh, who needs that? You know, I, I don't indulge in it. I won't allow it. Uh, on uh, any of my pages, uh, um, and uh, life is too short to get involved in all those emotional storms and uh, get into conflict with individuals that you've never met. It, it, it's really, really uh, immersive in that way. But uh, uh, you mentioned meditation, and I find too that because I exercise, I look weight and uh, do other exercises. Uh, I find that two daily meditations. 
and I vary what I do. Sometimes it's just mindfulness. Sometimes it's prayer. Uh, sometimes it's filling myself with light. I, I do different things. But twice a day uh, seems to keep me serene uh, almost all the time. And I really recommend meditation and those type of practices to everybody because my life has become so serene. Not that difficult things don't happen or uh, sometimes not great stuff uh, don't happen, but that inner serenity stays with me almost all the time. Amen. Uh, I would like to share something with you that is biblical to help people understand why man at this time uh, has the spirits that they have where we look at, because it talks about this uh, earlier on in the Bible, how come we have chaos at this time? And uh, I'm going to be talking a little about this on uh, my podcast on Saturday. Uh, I'm launching uh, this Saturday my first um, online Sabbath-keeping show, and I'm talking about the – thank you. I'm talking about the great-great-grandfather uh, of Enoch of uh, Mm -hmm. the great-grandfather of Noah, which is Enoch. And the reason why I bring that to the point of wrestling, we were talking about spiritual beings. And everybody's heard the story, for me to keep it simple, not to get into the weeds, that that devil, that that God um, sent the cast, the Satan out of heaven and threw him down to earth. Now, just based on that premise, and it, it, we don't have enough time for me to go into detail of the real story, but if you just take that premise that everybody's aware of, that's why we have all of the challenges we have because the Most High cast down Satan to this earth until he comes to rescue us. Now, okay. whether we believe it or not, these are historical records that have been written thousands of years prior to us as many other stories that have come true. So if God or whoever, you know, God or the most high cast down the evil ones to, to hear, they're taking on all of these various spirits. And I have to attest that I was consumed at one time in my life by evil spirits. And I am so thankful and blessed that I didn't die, I didn't hurt anyone, that I was able to recover from my substance abuse and alcohol, and now I can see clearly. Uh, You know, know, the devil, or if you want to call him, these bad spirits are looking for weak bodies where they can use them for their own purpose. When we say, I knew that person, how did he uh, shoot, shoot up that school? He was a good guy because the evil spirits on this earth will look for host bodies mm-hmm. and commit acts that are immoral, etc. That's why it's important that we have conversations like this to try to ascend above the flesh and above the physical because everything that exists is in the spiritual realm, and the physical is only temporary, and it's only a mental projection of our perception at that time. Very well said. Um, 
in my spirituality, which is a mythic spirituality and folks on the Olympians, the story is told slightly uh, differently, but uh, there are also uh, spirits that are older who do not mean mm-hmm. humanity well, and they've been imprisoned uh, below the earth, but uh, sometimes yeah. they're able to get out, and they're also able to influence uh, people because uh, even though the Olympians won the war, the war is still ongoing. It's it's like you know a cold war, I guess you can call it, and continues to our uh, present uh, day. So you do have to be mindful. Um, and not be weak where you're being controlled by something that isn't uh, you. And I know from my days of investigating the paranormal uh, that when you go into a place that's haunted and when uh, people are are being possessed by spirits, uh, a lot of times you have to question whether what you're feeling is you or, um, or something not you, because a lot of times you feel extreme emotions Uh, emotions of depression, of sadness, of anger. uh, And you have to ask yourself, is anything going on in my life that will cause these emotions? And you often find that, no, nothing is going on in your life. So then you have to look at what's trying to control you because uh, these spirits feed on that energy and these spirits also want to keep you stuck in that energy with them. So discernment is very important and knowledge about these things is very important. Uh, Hercules, thank you so much. If if I may, can I please reference uh, two sure. Bible verses in the Old Testament? First, uh, I'm going to talk about when you talked about the heart, and this is my favorite biblical quote from Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, as we Think about that for a moment. I want to take you to another Old Testament quote from Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is exactly what you're talking about. This is exactly what is going on today. And I am honored and blessed to be a warrior and a servant of the Most High to help with you, my brother, raise the level of consciousness of humanity. And hopefully, if we save one soul tonight, or we raise the level of consciousness of one soul, and that multiplies to two souls, I am grateful and thankful. As am I, and uh, thank you. Um, I'm looking at the clock. We have 10 minutes left, and I want to give you plenty of time to talk about your new show and how people can access all the wonderful things you're doing because you are doing wonderful things not only spiritually but also uh, on this uh, plane uh, as well. And you're trying uh, with all that you have to honor the legacy of your father and to make this world a better place for all. Uh, so you're right. We're going to continue this. So we will plan a part two and a plan, uh, plan a part three, uh, because this is a, a very fascinating and important uh, topic. Uh, but you're launching a new show, and I want people to know about it, and I will <laughs> definitely promote it so that people can uh, listen to it. Thank you so much. Uh, my new show is called Brother Isaiah uh, Ben Judah. If uh, those who do not know who I am, uh, I am a follower 
and a servant of Judaism at this current time. And I wanted to create and start my podcast to share information that people may not know or may be familiar with, but because I've spent a lot of time studying and a lot of these scriptures had an impact on my life, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of these things through my transition of being homeless, incarcerated, in and out of rehab, uh, the word saved my life. So, so I'm very thankful on the Sabbath to give thanks to the Most High, who was the creator of all things, um, time on that day that he's made to share with people who want to get a greater understanding of as above, so below. And it's very, very important. Uh, I have a calling. I've been chosen to try to enlighten, raise a level of consciousness, and I'm extremely humbled to be a servant of the Most High, and He leads my life no matter what I do. I mean, I'm very thankful that I'm involved in a couple of national political podcasts. I happen to be a conservative but I do everything rooted in my spiritual faith of believing in what is good. And if we don't have politicians on our shows, I have people on my show that care about the public will, the public good, human beings. I want to make sure that the people on my show reflect who I am as a person. And I think it's important. And I think it's going to be very interesting this year to see all of the spiritual warriors come out. And of course, the devil wants to call it racism, call it this and that. The devil is upset because there is a religious warfare and spiritual warfare going on where the most high's children in all of their denominations are rising up for one cause. And that is to save humanity and terminate the devil. And we see it the battle physically unfolding on the news and unfolding in everyday society. And I'm thankful to be a part of not only being a witness, but being a messenger of helping those to understand the word. My show starts this Saturday at two o'clock at blog talk radio at brother Isaiah Ben Judah. Uh, I would be very uh, thankful and blessed if you tune in, it's going to be about Enoch. Enoch is only placed a few times in the Bible, but the story of Enoch is very interesting. He was taken up. He walked with God. He told his son Methuselah about the flood that was going to happen to his grandson, Noah. Yet, the Roman Catholic Church did not canonize Enoch, and I found that challenging in my search for knowledge, because if this person walked with God, why wouldn't he be in the New Testament. But that is for another conversation. Enoch is a very central figure uh, in history. He talks about the Watchers, uh, the yeah. Nephilims. And, and, and I, I, I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. I apologize for my audience who does not know. But if you come on my show, I will talk about who Enoch is. I will talk about the Watchers. I will talk about the Giants. I will talk about the Nephilims. 
and I will talk about, I'm going to probably do it in two or three uh, chapters or two or three parts because it is a lot to unpack because I'm going to be sharing about the level of consciousness of an individual who had direct contact with the Most High, his experiences and how he delivered them to a son, Methuselah, which was one of the oldest person that lived in the Bible. Uh, and these are very important stories. You know what's fascinating to me, because I know you're into Greek history and, and spiritual history as well as I am, yeah. is the things, that, the things that are most written, Hercules, that is fact. They call that myth, but what's written today is false. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> they call they call they call historical facts myth, and they call today's information facts. I find that ironic, and I knew you'd get a I knew you'd get a chuckle out of that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, these are interesting topics. In fact, uh, lately I was asked to give a talk on. Uh, uh, angels. What are angels from the Olympian perspective? And uh, if you understand again what the words meant, it, it sheds a whole different light on what, what's going on. And I was also asked to give a talk on uh, the books of Enoch and the book of Jubilees and the Nephilim. And uh, so uh, in our next conversation, we can uh, touch upon that. Uh, um, I wish you success with the show. If you if you would kindly either send me a link or put a link on my timeline. Uh, I will definitely repeat it uh, uh, before your show starts uh, uh, to remind people. And I'm looking forward to uh, listening to it. And again, I thank you. I always enjoy our conversations and I always look forward to our next one. Uh, so this is no exception. Thank you, Brother Isaiah, and uh, God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm humbled, honored, and blessed to be a part of this show with you. And I look forward to doing it again. God bless everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, we are going to listen to a song now, and I was so fascinated by what uh, Brother Isaiah was saying that I wasn't paying attention to the music. So let me quickly put on a, a song here. Uh, we will play Gently Johnny uh, by Dave the Bard, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and his guest, Naomi Johnson. Johnny, gently Johnny, 
they do not lay awake at night and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick, discussing their duty to God. Not one of them kneels to another, nor to one of its own kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one of them. Welcome back to the Elysium Project. Today is our Path of Public Service episode, and our next guest is no stranger. It is the legendary Bill Waitman. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you on this wonderful night? How are you doing, Hercules? I'm doing fantastic. Um, For those who don't know, Bill and I were in the same uh, field for very many years in workforce development, and Bill was something of a legend. And our paths first crossed during the uh, job cast days, which were a partnership between the Department of Labor in in New Jersey and uh, the PBS of New Jersey, which is called NJN. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, here we are. It was Bill who years ago, years before the show happened, suggested maybe we should do a political show together. Uh, So so it took a few years for that to happen. Uh, But here we are. And we've been on the air now for almost four years. It's a long time, but it went quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went very I, quick. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I had a, a, a great experiences. I worked for a while directly with companies uh, or and school systems developing tasks or apprenticeships. Matter of fact, every 
union except the IBEW in New Jersey has a test that I developed for their apprenticeships. Uh, the casino industry, uh, uh, people think I'm making it up. Uh, uh, I essentially became a um, industrial psychologist by almost like by apprenticeship myself. I uh-huh. spoke before the American Psychological Association on issues. Um, we were a government agency with the federal government, and uh, some of our tests were unfair, both minorities and non-minorities. And there was a report written on that called Fairness in Testing. Uh, my boss was uh, in Trenton. He was the one that was put on the carpet to meet with somebody from CBS News, who I just saw on the Sunday morning show. (laughs) She's still around. Uh, Not the star of that show, but uh, she's still a a reporter. And uh, we got in a lot of trouble because we were misusing statistics. And um, I I was not in the league with a, a professor from Michigan State, but I knew that a statistic that he used to correct tests was unfair. And uh, it was called the statistic of attenuation. And um, no matter how hard I said it, uh, that nobody would listen. But then they heard. And uh, Rutgers and uh, a whole bunch of universities got on board, and uh, they were angry about it. And uh, uh, it changed changed my life in testing. So I went out, wound up, and did other things. I worked to develop, uh, as I've said to you and others many times, uh, Amtrak. I ran into problems there because Governor Whitman decided to quit the board of uh, the system that runs Amtrak, and she wanted me to cease and desist on a program where I was trying to get a school in New Jersey. I wound up getting a school, and you you're from New York. I think it was called Dowling yeah. College in Queens, and uh, that was not really suitable for New Jersey workers. That was kind of crazy. Uh, and uh, I think that Amtrak's Cicela could have been better and more better. I know that they're coming out with a faster model, and uh, the original one was made by uh, Bombardier, a French company, and GE. And I got to ride that, in, uh, like on a, what do you call it, a small railroad track in Plattsburgh, New York. Uh, then it became a, a system that ran all the way from northern Virginia or, or further south, south to uh, Boston. So, yeah, we have a lot in common. Uh, I uh, was in politics, and uh, when I had a house fire, uh, the the local state senator, a hero to me, a Republican no less, uh, brought me back up to Sussex County because it was very hard for me to take care of family needs and uh, drive 103 miles to work. Uh, But I did it. And uh, it was enjoyable, you know. I mean, I, I... I got involved with every agency under the sun through his influence. I mean, I, I worked with the, the Kennedys on their, they had an oil program, uh, Joe Kennedy for oil, which was uh, uh, out of, um, uh, I guess, Venezuela or one of those countries down there where it was hooked to um, uh, a regular American gas uh, uh, chain, American gas chain and oil chain. And uh, everybody that qualified would get a hundred gallons of oil. And though that's not wow. much for a winter, you know, it keeps people warm, and uh, yeah. I, I took care of heating and uh, electric and uh, uh, other things, and moved on to every other area. I was one time I was on about fifteen, twenty boards, uh, including the college and the uh, uh, Sussex uh, Sussex Tech, who made me uh, their hero of the year. Took me to Atlantic City. Oh, uh, awesome! And I won an award. That is awesome. You know. And then I worked with an organization called the Senior Quality of Life, 
uh, now I'm a senior, <laughs> suffering the uh, abnormalities of being a senior, but uh, it was well rewarded. Children, uh, I headed a, a youth corps. I was part of a youth corps program, uh, which was taken over by another nonprofit. I was with Norwest Cap, which was seven counties. Uh, and uh, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, of things along those lines. And I thank that senator. I, the last time uh, I had a couple of uh, moments with him, uh, he was always the senator. I think I've said this to you many times. And many, if there's political listeners, he uh, he was always the senator that was called on by either the Republicans or the Democrats to vote on a key issue. The Republicans didn't want to be embarrassed, so they had him get step up because he couldn't be beaten. Uh, just a, a great, wonderful man. I, I, uh, I remember my last conversation with him was he was getting sick, and he said to me one day, you got to find me a job. And uh, that was sad. I, I watched him go all the way down. He was definitely a hero. I mean, I've, I had friends. I had a friendship with Governor Florio and uh, uh, Governor McGreevy and uh, a few Republican governors, not Governor Whitman. Although I had her niece working for me, um, oh. and they always wanted me to fire her, and I never figured why. Uh, well, maybe I did. I I didn't. I I became a regular. Uh, I did a lot of training at uh, the Mars Candy Company, where I, I, I the workers were getting new skills, and they mm-hmm. normally didn't deal with government. They had called me their best. I'm bragging too much, I guess. That's their okay. You've accomplished a lot. And- I don't know if you're at liberty to talk about some of the recent things you're doing, uh, but you would share with me that you're, you're going to be doing some pretty incredible things internationally in the not-too-distant future. So if you're at liberty to talk about those, I'd love for you to share them. If not, we'll wait until you are. I am. Uh, I was asked uh, by a, a gentleman out of that. It's funny, Hercules, because uh, I have friends on the top of the Himalayas, and they're in a country called Bhutan. Uh, matter of fact, they ju- just had a baby. Um, uh, they have no snow, no climate. But the gentleman is from that country, and he's organizing three kinds of groups, uh, one out of uh, Asia, uh, I guess Europe, and one in the U.S., and he wants me to be part of the one in the U.S. Uh, I'm going to try to have him on a, fa- uh, a future show, and um, – We'll see. Uh, what, I don't know what my role would be. I got to get better suits, I guess, <laughs> and prepare to travel. <laughs> but it's something that I really like. I've written a lot on climate change in the last between climate change and artificial intelligence. Uh, I've written a. I've almost written. I would say in pages. I've almost written a book on it. Uh, I, I've been working uh, behind the scenes with uh, MIT. I'm not the. I'm not the brightest. Ken in the MIT thing. But I didn't still, go to you, MIT. you've written so much about it, and you're out there doing something. And uh, every now and then, Astrid and others tell me about something you've written that they've read. Uh, please feel free to put links up to what you've written, and this way, uh, uh, your fans can, uh, you know, basically read these things. That that'd be well, awesome. That. You write a lot. I have a lot to, to put out, and, I, and, and artificial intelligence is moving. Faster than I even thought. Uh, you just seen the uh, movement out of one of the uh, Democratic candidates, and uh, what 
was running on a, on a philosophy that was actually a conservative Republican economist, Milton Friedman. And that's the, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, and he was the Asian uh, candidate that just pulled out today. Uh, he was right on the money with the jobs that are disappearing. There's got to be some way to fund them. I don't know if that's the way, but experiment. Uh, there are studies going on in various parts of this country and Finland and uh, Canada to see if they're, they're, uh, uh, his idea and Milton Freeman's idea would actually work. We're going to have a, uh, as I said to you and others many times before, I'm expecting 50 million, uh, 45 to 50 million Americans to lose their jobs. And, you know, going back when I was younger and uh, 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 I guess the man's name was Daniel Bell. He wrote a book called The Post-Industrial Society. We were losing jobs in the 70s, too, uh, to automation. I mean, there wasn't robotics, but uh, I remember spending a lot of time. Uh, I gained too much weight, actually, at Nabisco. And you already heard me talk to you about <laughs> M&M. I shouldn't say this, but I used to uh, drive home from Trenton on Route 206 and stop at M&M to get some candies uh, <laughs> out, of their, out of their bowl. And the Bisco was pretty good to me too. Uh, uh, I, I enjoyed try. We unfortunately they got bought out by another company, uh, but they were uh, over a hundred years old. And I uh, Kodak, I was actually flown up to to save. But yeah, I'm 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 writing a lot on things. I'm trying to make it, uh, um, you know, for people easy to read. I um, I'm going to tell you something that I'm going to do that's a little controversial. So I want you to. Uh, at the end of this, to use that uh, notion that this is not reflected on your, you know, your station here. Um, okay. I am seeing a notice that it's in Sussex County, and it's probably happening in some of the southern counties, where uh, politicians, politicians who should know better, are lobbying with municipal towns to end um, red uh, red flag laws. Do you know what a red flag law is? Uh, you explained it to me, but why don't you explain it to our, our listeners? Okay, a red flag uh, law is uh, is a thing, is a law. In New Jersey and New York and other states have them. I don't think it's reached the federal level. Uh, but if an individual has a lot of guns and is acting very weird, either the police or the family can step in and have those guns taken away. Now, they're lobbying in, in municipalities. I don't know how they're doing. They passed the bill in Franklin the other day uh, that they are a proponent of stopping red flag laws. Uh, we've went through so many school shootings. You remember the one, the one where the uh, I think it was the Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland, um, the Connecticut shooting, where the uh, the young man uh, took guns out of his um, uh, out of the gun case in his house and went to a elementary school and shot up a little a lot of kids. He yes, stopped. And, you know, uh, and so many other schools have been stopped. The president has always stepped up and said he was going to stop this. But his words are just not really the truth. I mean, he's constantly uh, uh, in counsel with the head of the NRA. And uh, I, I don't, you know, there's nowhere that I, that I believe that we have a um, a legitimate military group or uh, I, I, that that's you know that that was put into the uh, uh, into the Constitution. I think the Second Amendment 
uh, I think those elements where somebody is mentally ill, drunk, always, or whatever, has to have some kind of feedback where the police or the family takes a chance. That mother in that uh, Connecticut case could have stopped this. In some other areas, you know, people have stepped in and stopped it. We've, we've had some big breaks with the police and families working together. I don't see the nonsense. And uh, I've got to say that there's a lot of lies coming out of the mouths of people that swore an oath to be in the assembly. This is wrong behavior. And if they're doing it in other counties, I haven't heard whether they're doing it in South. But uh, we had a, a thing that I think I told you a long time ago, not too long, maybe six, eight months ago, where they were throwing prisoners out of jail and sending them 40, 50 miles away so that they could bring Ill- uh, what they call illegal immigrants and put them in jail. They don't have any high record or anything of, of that of criminality. Their, their records are actually lower in my county and probably just about every other county. And this is the same group of people, but I uh, used to be close friends with the sheriff. And I, by trade, one of my master's degrees is in, was, in, uh, it was in criminology and being a, cri- a criminalist. And, uh, uh-huh. and uh, it was through Fordham, and uh, I, have, I went over to other schools. But this, these things are crazy. We're, we're, we're operating without any, any control, just doing the wackiest things under the sun. I mean, going back... Nixon was in favor of reining in some gun laws. Uh, Carter is, uh, God bless him, he's still alive. But what's, what's going on in this country? The majority of people have said over and over in polls and everything else, the congresswoman from uh, Arizona that was shot, she's prepared, appeared before the House and the Senate on these issues. We're just, just continuing the same old thing. We are more like Dodge City than any country in Europe. And that's kind of, uh, you know, with Matt Dillon and the old TV show or whatever. We, I, uh-huh. I think that we, as Robert Kennedy said, we, we can do more and be better. So these things, this is something I'm working on. I want to get with a group. Uh, uh, the other group is on climate change, which is, uh, we'll be working with um, a guy that, as I said, is from uh, a, co- a country that's on top of the uh, Himalayas. Uh, Himalayas but surrounded by China and uh, India. And there's no ice there. Now, they don't, they don't have skiing, but they do have monsoons now, something that they never had. And if you look at the, you know, the pictures, it's, they're all, the ice and snow is all gone. I don't know if anything comes. I remember seeing And they're always full of ice and snow pictures. It's, it, it, we've gone... Or for being, if that's a word. Uh, and, you know, uh, the president has, has just released people from prison that I don't believe should have been re- uh, released. Uh, I, as far as firing those people, I think Congress should have done the right thing. They voted maybe the wrong way, but those people should have kept their jobs, especially the soldier that was in the uh, uh, National Security Agency. He played his dues, and, his, and by uh, association, his brother was let go. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, You are seeing so many of our institutions. uh, I'm a big fan of public TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I support it. I I listen to the music. uh, I buy CDs or whatever to support it further. And I'm constantly hearing of cuts to this. Uh, Their TV news shows are great. 
and they're the, these shows that they put on on everything. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the uh, English shows they put, but I know my brother watches them endlessly. <laughs> my son watches them endlessly. Uh, I know there's great actors and actresses in them. But, uh, you know, we're cl- closing every avenue. And th- the news of Fox becomes the news for everybody. And that doesn't make sense. They're editorializing everything. You know, uh, the one guy, Hannity, he used to be teamed with a Democrat, uh, a guy that died. Uh, they were great friends. They would argue. That's what should be on a show. Legitimate debates, if you want to do that. Yeah. Not these, never should a newsman get on a stage and introduce the president. Uh, that seems to take away from what I believe in journalism. Now, I don't have a great background in journalism, but I've written for a lot of papers. Um, I've done studies with two papers, uh, actually in this state, three, uh, the Record, uh, the Asbury Park Press, and uh, the Daily Record, uh, and something down in Atlantic City for a national study on uh, some key jobs in then in uh, operating newspapers. Uh, but, you know, um, I see the change. I mean, I've seen all this before me, and so have you. You know, uh, yeah. you've seen the ethnic change in, in, in New York City when you're there. Uh, we know that we're mistreating ethnic groups in New York City and, and possibly still in New Jersey. Uh, and other areas, and, and people are, f- are fighting for that. But uh, th- this this bent on America. Here's the thing, uh, Hercules, and I, I probably bored you with this numerous times. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's important that you're a man who has immersed himself in the public uh, service in one capacity or another for your entire lifetime. Uh, so your perspectives are very uh, unique. Uh, and though people may not agree, which is their prerogative with some things, uh, they should listen because uh, we can learn a lot from your experience and your insights. Well, I met a man at the uh, at an, uh, the um, foreign policy uh, center on foreign relations or council on foreign relations or the foreign policy association. His name was Joseph Nye N Y E. Joseph Nye was in a number of administrations, and he coined a term called soft power, doing good things around the world, you know, uh, maybe coming in and, and, and like under the Peace Corps and teaching people to grow uh, crops, uh, start small businesses, uh, special loan, small uh, loan programs. Like my friends in the Himalayas, they wanted uh, mountain bikes. There's supposedly some agency uh, in the U.N. that does that. But we were doing a lot of this. Now we've cut almost everything out. He just cut a uh, lot of dollars out of the World Health Organization, and he's continuing these cuts. He exaggerates about uh, the um, monies on, in NATO. I, I know for a fact little Estonia, uh, the president of Estonia, went to high school near me in, Rich, in Richfield, and not far from you in Leonia. He was there mm-hmm. about a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, he came back and walked around the school and uh, went out in the community. And uh, the people in Leone were very proud of him. And he went back to his little country, which became a, a computer powerhouse. You know, the Russians tried to tap in. They, want, they wanted Estonia back. But, uh, I, I mean, we're ready to sacrifice everything. Like he, uh, the president the other day said, uh, uh, NATO is, is just about done. I can't wait to see it's done. We would be by ourselves. 
I know that there may be some Christians in there of, of, of various backgrounds. In the Bible, they talk about the U.S. or a country like the U.S. They use the symbol of the uh, bald eagle, and they use the Russian bear, and they, uh, and they use the Chinese da- uh, dragon. This goes back a long way. Somebody uh, in religion, religion sense uh, had a, a good forefight. We're giving up everything. This alliance has been around for 75 years. He's arguing about what they pay. He always talks about Germany and Merkel, and Merkel is probably one of the best leaders in the world. I mean, uh, she's having some problems with her party. And that's the problem, too, in America. We don't study foreign policy. And uh, along those lines, every every, take the State Department. Uh, You're from Greece. I don't know yeah. if there's still a desk for Greece in the in the uh, State Department, but every nation had a desk. Every region had a desk. There were experts from three or four administrations that hung around, bipartisan in every way. Now we're getting uh, we're firing people left and right. Uh, in the Justice Department, four prosecutors resigned because we uh, the president mixed around and he doesn't have that authority. I, I and it's up to Congress, bipartisan, to step up. Now, Congress is stepping up on his foreign policy whims, like what almost happened in uh, Iran. Now, people can tell me that Iran uh, is a hostile nation, but we, we're part of that. It was a, a five-nation agreement with China and Russia included. We were included, and, and uh, actually a six-party uh, agreement, uh, uh, Germany, France, and then uh, the U.K. And we worked out a deal where they wouldn't uh, – pr- pr- uh, use centrifuges and everything else to build build more nuclear weapons. The thing is that Iran, and you've been around as long as I have, and you're not far from it. Uh, Philly Dickinson University used to have about 30% of their students were from Iran during the uh, Shah's uh, rule. The Shah actually was put in power by us. Uh, We threw out a guy, I think his name was Mosaddegh, and we overthrew the Shah UK and Britain, not the Shah, but we overthrew Mosaddegh and we brought the Shah in, who was our puppet, and he did everything he was supposed to do. But uh, he never related to all the people. Actually, I was I thought he did a good job with the college students. That's what you do. You send them to the U.S. or the, uh, uh, you know, or the United Kingdom. We have a major problem. I'm jumping all over the place. So I hope you don't mind me. Let me take in about there's lots of discussion. <laughs> we take in 200,000 or more Chinese students into our high-tech programs. They go back home. You know, we take in people from India. I have no problem with hyphenated Americans, Chinese Americans, Indian Americans, uh, and American students getting pushed into those classes because that's our future. We have a, uh, a, a real threat with the Belt and Rice, uh, Belt and the Road, because along with the Belt and Road, which is building bridges and building ports and, and allows China to bankrupt some small countries, in our, even in our own hemisphere, because if they don't pay up, China takes over those deep water ports. And uh, I'm not a big fan of seeing that. Uh, we still have a Monroe Doctrine, but uh, more and more companies are jumping on that. But um, uh, we need American students studying those courses. And if we don't, and I, and I, and again, I, I want to, you know, mark that we need uh, hyphenated Americans 
it's okay to take people from all over the world, Nigeria, which in in our lifetimes, if we hang around 20 more years, will be a major uh, political power. Uh, if they settle their wars and everything else, their population is booming. It might surpa- It's going to surpass us. So then you've got China, Russia. Actually, I think Nigeria will surpass Russia, which uh, for a long time had a, uh, a losing uh, uh, proposition in population, uh, primarily maybe to uh, vodka and uh, bad habits and lack of food and everything else. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the uh, uh, with Putin becoming almost a permanent leader until he drops dead, and, and China with a permanent leader. Uh, we need um, we need to start preparing our students. This is one of the biggest things for me, and includes artificial intelligence. But artificial intelligence is moving in different directions with machine language. Uh, the, right. These things will think, and they'll write their own code. I, I know I've said this on your show many many times, but coders are, are going to disappear. A lot of even skilled jobs are going to disappear. We have to find ways to retrain in a better way in this country. Uh, you know, sometimes we train for jobs that don't exist. I don't think the $1,000 a month program that was advocated by the Democrat that pulled out today uh, would actually suffice in the long run to fund people. I mean, we're not going to live. I wish I had. We got to get this tape uh, from WCBS radio. Uh, they had the guy from Wired, Muse, uh, Wired Magazine, the president. He did an interview uh-huh. on the uh, uh, TV news, and he did one on the uh, CBS News and uh, Radio in New York. Ten, what is it, eight eighty? And uh, he was very. He showed a lot of neg- negativity. Uh, what's going to happen to this country? And uh, I don't have all those things here, but workers will never, most likely, will never let work for one company or even five again. They're going to work. Things are going to change dramatically. You remember when they were talking? When we were younger, they talked to us about, well, we might go through five or six jobs before we settle yeah. one. It's almost, it's, almost in, yeah. it's almost impossible now to that that might happen because we're not going to last long with these companies. So there's going to be different systems that have to be erected. I mean, you have that American Workforce Association. You need to look at that. But it, this this is the big issue of our time. What's going to happen? Uh, you know, they were saying 2020 would be the year. At some point, we're going to realize it's the year. I mean, I make the point you walk into Walmart and uh, people are complaining about immigrants. When you when you go into Walmart, what you see is not immigrants. You see self, uh, self-managing self uh, computers that score your, you know, the objects that you buy. You're lucky at night to see two people on the regular registers. There's going to be a big change in the workforce. Amazon has already started in both its warehouses. You know, they were hiring seniors that drive all over the country and uh, come work at Walmart, uh, Amazon for a period of time. Uh, and they would make some, you know, decent wages, maybe $10, $15 an hour. But that's going to be replaced by uh, robots. How right. are we going to fund everything? I, I brought up the example, I think, you just uh, the other day where uh, a robot – Came out of a came out to tell the family in a hospital uh, how sorry he was that their patient, their uh, relative, died. That's mind-boggling. You know, it's 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 getting crazier and crazier. 
And, uh, you know, we might even see they're talking about everything, even baseball. Take a thing like baseball. Now, maybe they'll get tired of the ball players and go to some kind of form of robotics or, or some other scheme. Uh, I, I mean, every occupation that's under the sun is going to change. I know that I, when I looked at NBC, uh, not NBC, Nabisco years ago, um, I saw that those Project Logic controllers, they were pushing those cookies and they were looking for defects. You know, the people on the lines are not that fast or quick to pick up defects, and defects take away from your business. The country, I read years ago that the, the companies that existed 10, 20 years ago wouldn't exist. Well, AT&T is not the AT&T we, you and I grew up with. That's a reality. Mm-hmm. Some other company bought it and, uh, you know, used their name. Uh, they're, they're a whole – Xerox is not the company. I think it was a, Mr. Welch and his girlfriend or wife that ran it. But the country is in a precarious position. It's saying it's going to go back and – make computers and other stuff. Let's see when that happens. But many of the companies that exist today won't exist tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we're seeing things in military with uh, more of a movement to uh, robotics and, and, and other things. Uh, we saw how inaccurate they can some, sometimes be in the case of uh, Iran shooting down a, <laughs> shooting down a plane uh, from the Ukraine, which was ironic. And it was ironic they were about 50 Iranians on that plane. But there's so many possible ways now to have missteps with the U.S., with Russia, with China. Uh, hacking is on, is on everywhere. I uh, got a call this morning. I don't know if you get it. I'm collecting Social Security now. And uh, the guy, guy was out in the bottom, but he wasn't. Uh, he had an Indian accent or maybe uh, uh, some other related neighboring uh, country. And he said, my, uh, my, my Social Security card had been taken away. I had a call. I, said, I knew this was a scam. I called the FBI, but they're so robotic now. <laughs> and I know. I them to because they, you can't get anybody on the phone. You get a guy and he'll say, let me transfer you to this number. And it's a recorded message. Uh, right. You might as well just direct with the Social Security. We're going to face all kinds of theft. And that's, and that's going to widen up. Even a little country like Macedonia. Um, and, and just with automatic Sedonia, I just kind of think of uh, Michael Flynn got out of jail, got out of jail, and he basically was a spy. I, 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 I don't believe the times we're in. I got to ask you, Hercules, if we look at religion sometimes. Do you yeah. think it's possible that this could be the end of days or uh, the, the stuff where uh, I don't know. My, my spirituality is a little bit different. Uh, there is something going on, and it is reflected in the early Greek myths uh, as well. But it, but it's not so much uh, um, like people against uh, people. It's uh, uh, in uh, Greek mythology when humanity or whoever's in charge of the planet becomes too um, hubristic, you know, where they uh, uh, are behaving uh, in such a way that's destructive. The Earth destroy civilization so we have like the atlantis legend uh and we have the uh the fight uh, between the giants and the gods and the fight between the titans and the gods and uh the fight between uh, typhon and the gods you know so uh i'm concerned about what's going on environmentally um right now because uh yeah the, the earth might decide to blow us all back into the stone age for a while and uh, you know you, like, yeah, uh, so that's what I'm concerned about. 
Well, I'm concerned about it too. I mean, in a biblical looking at the Bible, and my wife is more into the Bible than me. Uh, I'm a Catholic, and we're we're mostly focused on the New Testament. But the things are the symbolism, like the giant bear, which is supposedly many yeah. people. I, I know many African Americans tell me that uh, that's Russia, and uh, where the the eagle and the eagle appears in that thing, and then it's the dragon. And one of the things that comes out in it, uh, is that the movement away of uh, it looks like uh, Israel and the United States of many nations. And uh, Trump the other day uh, said he uh, he wants to damn get out of the uh, 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 NATO. Uh, he's He's ending relationships with other countries. Uh, we're becoming isolated. There's no the famous uh, Lindbergh, who came, who actually lived very close to you. He lived in uh, Anglewood. I don't know if you know that. Uh, no, I Carl didn't know Lindbergh. Very close. Yeah. He, matter of fact, the school there's a school in Anglewood. I did a research study with it. Uh, it's a, mostly a middle class African American school now. But uh, it was one of my best schools, actually, because the kids were well-behaved. But um, uh, Lindbergh was won during World War II, which was was pushing for more ties with the fascists, a more independent role for the U.S. And I don't think that would have worked for us. And I don't think it's going to work for us now. Uh, We did for 75 years. I don't agree with armaments and wars, and I think most, many of the wars were ridiculous uh, and shouldn't have happened. Uh, I, I kind of think, you know, I've, one of the big things in my life is I met Henry Kissinger three times. <laughs> they were all books that he wrote. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think how he worked with China for the short term was uh, miraculous. He pulled them away. The Chinese were ready to go to war with the Russians and maybe us. But uh, he pulled them away, and he pulled them into our orbit. And for, there was Mao was still around, and he was kind of cruel. Uh, he had a guy named Cho Enlai, who could have been a, a great world leader, but uh, Mao was jealous of him. As a matter of fact, we had a guy named John Foster Dulles, Secretary of State. I don't know if it was in your ear or it was in mine. Uh, Chow and Lai reached to shake his hand uh, after the uh, Korean War for peace, and uh, John Foster Dulles refused to shake it. And uh, I thought that was, a, uh, in hindsight, was a big mistake. And uh, going on. Uh, uh, on that know, note, uh, we have to wrap up I'm for gone. tonight. Bill, thank you so very much. It was a pleasure speaking uh, with you. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Have a wonderful uh, evening and uh, be well. And I wish you success uh, in all your current endeavors. Thank you so much. I'm sorry what happened with our guest. Uh, it's okay. I'm talking to you. So uh, it, it was time well spent. Um, we're going to listen to a quick song, Cauldron Born by Dave the Bard. And then we'll be back with Astrid. And Astrid tonight is going to mix up the Sussex Report, the four elements, and introduce something totally new. Sunset moonrise And see how the land is 
to the powers of earth, sea and sky Of dragon and fairy in shades of the night We call to our ancestors of blood and bone Of womb and tomb and standing stone Lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Within this darkened hall Hear the goddess Carrot when called Come and taste of the cauldron's brew And magic she will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your Carrot when's children The cauldron born Oh lady, stir your cauldron well Chant your words and sing your spell Within this darkened hall Hear the goddess Carrot when called Come and taste of the cauldron's brew And magic she will give to you You will dance in the eye of the storm Your Carrot when's children The cauldron born Tonight is our Path of Public Service episode, which is part of our Greater Age of Heroes initiatives. And I'm greatly honored to be concluding tonight's show with Astrid, who will be bringing us the Sussex Report, the Four Elements, and much, much more. Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. I made it back from uh, Buddhist lecture and meditation, and it was snowing in Sparta, snowing here, but not really wow. sticking that much. But, you know, it was a very not pretty ride home. And I did make it. And rather than see the negative aspects, because we have had a very mild winter, and to say, oh, it's snowing, you know, this is going to affect my ride. It's like, oh, isn't this beautiful? And uh, I'm lucky that's not a major blizzard. <laughs> so uh, we have to, we get so used to things going our way that there's a little obstacle in the way we tend to uh, get very befuddled, you know, you need to really look at the bigger picture. And, and yeah. that's a, a very important thing. Uh, last week we talked a lot about perspective and looking at things uh, from, from different vantage points, whether it be, you know, for the good of the community and, and man and woman, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, or looking at it for, for making dollars and cents. You know, and there's got to be a balance, we said. And I'm looking at the local news and I see there's some like really interesting things going on. One is that there is a caregiver education program given by United Way. And they're holding an educational program presented by Rebecca K. Abenante, a healthy aging coordinator with Morristown Medical Center. 
She's going to share common areas of consideration when helping aged loved ones formulate their aging in place plan, like home modifications, uh-huh. technology, health care services, community resources, financial concerns, and legal preparations. And this event is uh, slated for Thursday, March 12th from 5 to 6.30. And it is at the Barnhill Care Center at 249 High Street in Newton. So you don't have to go to the Morristown Medical Center. They're bringing it here to Newton. You have to have a registration. So you register contacting um, Robin Ennis by March 5th. You can send an email or you can call. A number, and I will definitely pass that along to you because this is a really okay. important thing. And and here's uh, something I always talk about in terms of perspective, but it's also um, one of my themes for tonight, and I think I'm going to continue here and there when I can okay. uh, inject it, is the domino effect. Very often yeah. we, we wait to the last minute to deal with things, not because we plan to be a procrastinator, because so many aspects of life get in the way. And I think this particular program is phenomenal. It's no fee. And it's, it's not just telling you one or two things, because very often a lot of these programs will just say, oh, yes, dealing with an aging parent is very hard, and you have to make time for you. And they get into the emotional aspects. But what I love about this is they're talking about putting up a sequential plan of, of taking care of parents in a, at home, uh, making modifications at home, what you can do to assist with technology. Again, the community and all the services and resources that are out there. And the big thing is financial concerns and legal preparations. Now, mm-hmm. you and I have a, a dear friend of ours that went through all these steps yeah. Uh, with her mom, and she has recently moved away, so she's not with our fellowship anymore. But um, she is connected to us in heart and soul. But um, she had to go through a lot of this step-by-step step on her own and get the resources. Yes. And I remember talking remember about her. all these aspects with her. Here is a program that if anyone, if you cannot use it yourself, listeners, if you know anyone who's in that situation where they may be dealing with it soon, this is a great preparatory course. To know, to have all these things at your fingertips and say, well, should the need arise, I'm already started. I have a foundation here, and I at least in Sussex County now know how to approach this and where I can go. Because that is a real domino effect. Having to deal with an aging parent can be catastrophic, not just in terms of, of um, dealing with the physical aspects, there's the emotional aspects, there are the legal aspects, and many of these things people find out when it's too late, that there right. was something that they could have used prior to or in place of. So uh, I'm really happy to see that, that this, something like this is being made available. Great thing. Uh, another little thing is there was a, a blurb in uh, the Township Journal about the Crime Stopper stats and how they're really working in Sussex County. I know a lot of people feel that, well, do I really want to call? Maybe it's nothing. It's very similar to them saying it's always better for you 
to contact the police if you see something suspicious here or there or package or whatever, then to have to deal with the fact that afterwards that you could have stopped something very tragic from happening. You know, sure, you may feel like a fool, but it's not foolish. It is more dangerous. It's better to be prepared and to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and deal with it should it arise. And um, they have something like 270 tips, 207, excuse me, tips that were uh, submitted. Out of those 207 tips, five major arrests were made. There was a $1,000 reward per tipster, but that should not matter when it involves something that's a criminal act that is really can have unbelievable ramifications. And it says uh-huh. here one was uh, some of the arrests that, that they led to involved a major drug bust that uncovered 30 bags of heroin. Now, we know how horrible the heroin and drug problem is all over. Sussex County is is not exempt from it. I myself have had, you know, a dear friend who lost a son to uh, this heroin problem. Um, And to stop it and to report it, these type of things, and it's reported to the Sussex County uh, Sheriff's Office. There's a website. I will send that information to you also. This could affect how many people this one tip affected 30 bags of heroin. Imagine how much damage that could have done. It's not just to the person themselves, but their family members. If there are children in the family, it extends so far. Again, that domino effect. You know, it, it's amazing how far that extends. So uh, I was happy to see those type of results. And I've people heard are with an agency lately. It's called uh, Alumni in Recovery. And uh, wow. I arranged for them to speak at our um, new uh, group at the uh, county, at, I'm sorry, at the borough, uh, which is mm-hmm. Sigma Free. And they gave a presentation there, and they've been on the radio show. They're going to be on the radio show again. Um, but their group that's comprised of parents who've lost children to uh, drugs and kids yeah, who tough. have done drugs and now are off the self-destructive uh, pattern. So they go to schools and other places, and they share their real stories uh, wow. with kids and families to try to not to scare them straight, but to get them to see you know, where these paths uh, lead, and it's often to death and chaos. Right, and again, the people do not realize uh, the ramifications, and again, the domino effect, how many lives are affected, how many lives, whether right. it be, in this particular case of someone that I knew, he has a little daughter that's never going to know him. And that's going to have a major effect in her life, and even just knowing how he died, you know, it's quite sad. It really is about how far it extends. It's a tributary to the river. And connected to that, I'm going to just skip over one. I want to bring this up because it connects so well. There is an event, and it's called Fun and Sober St. Patrick's Celebration. And it says here, join friends and allies of recovery for a family-friendly Irish jam at 7 p.m. at 65 Newton Sparta Road. And this is at March 7th. And uh, it's the idea of a sober St. Patrick's Day celebration because there are people in recovery. 
that do not need to be put in a situation right. where they're going to be tempted, and not just tempted, actually prodded. Oh, come on, come on, it's St. Patty's Day, you know, have one. It's, you know, it's a celebration. Yeah. And, and people sometimes, you know, trying to include other people, you don't know what those other people have gone through. So I thought this was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, to contact them for more information, to attend this event or to other recovery support events, uh, there's a woman named Marjorie that you can contact. It's the centerforprevention.org at 973-940-2966. And it talks about people in recovery, their family members, and other supporters will meet monthly as recovery advocates to, comp- to p- plan community events to help people out so they can be in a situation where it, it's easier to deal with their recovery and keep them on their path. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because you always hear about educational programs, and yes, you do have to have education, but how about a support system for people to continue you know, their um, say walk, never mind walk, trials and tribulations on that path because every day is, is a, um, another obstacle. You know, you have to look at it like, wow, I've made another day. You know, I've known people who have gone through different programs, and, and, and I really applaud them because it's not easy because no. alcohol is a part of everyday life. You know, it's, it's celebrations, this, that, very often even family gatherings, you know, it's just pushed. It really is. Oh, come on. You're not going to celebrate with us. So um, and kudos to this group. You know, that's great that there is a place and a support system like this so that uh, people do not feel that uh, it's hopeless. They can continue to feel success. And a- another interesting thing is that they've extended the poster contest deadline, Project Help. They are having a uh, art poster contest. The deadline is now March 20th. The winners and their families will be invited to a dinner award ceremony, and the entries will be displayed online and at Project Help events. And it, they're basically looking for children to tie into the community. They want to be inclusive. So um, it's basically concerning the veteran age group program because they had launched a, a mobile closet. It's a repurposed school bus that brings clothing and other necessities to retired military individuals and families statewide. So based on that project, they, they chose its theme for the third annual contest, and they're being asked to focus on the Project Help bus and how it will benefit veterans in need of assistance. And it involves students from kindergarten all the way to high school, uh, they said our teachers already had the contest details in hand, but as I know, like even as a parent, if, if there was something I was interested in, uh, I would reach out and find out even more about it so within the community. So you can go to Project Help, sign up, artists. They can participate independently if the schools aren't entering the contest. And I know, you know, you have a tough curriculum to follow. There is a timeline now for everything that they don't, basically encourage these these type of, of contests within the school. I'm sure if you contacted the art teacher and asked for some assistance or information or supplies, you know, there, there would be some help. 
But um, you know, it's very tough in terms of following a curriculum, and a lot of times these these poster contests are, are they see more of a uh, intrusion into the curriculum. So if you go to the Project Help website, you can find more about it. You can get an entry form, get more information. It is a not-for-profit 501c3 charity. It supports military, veteran families, and provides assistance and employment opportunities as well. So, again, that's a domino effect. To be a veteran and all the things that you have to deal with, coming home, trying to find employment, you know, having a tough time, you know, needing emotional support, needing some other kinds of support within the family, Again, it's not just the veteran, it's the families, extended families, um, the veteran's pride, um, feeling useful to society, never mind the, the post-traumatic stress syndrome. So, I mean, I mean, these are things, again, that have a domino effect, and it's nice to see that they're also involving students to promote this program, not only promote it, but become educated themselves. So when they see a veteran, maybe they'll be a little more considerate. I mean, it's very hard for a young child to understand. You know, it's not like we have parents. A lot of us have parents that that um, were in wars with stories, and you had like firsthand information. Um, there may be some of us that still have relatives, and and heard firsthand information or saw firsthand what people have gone through. But, um, again, it, it's nice to see things like this are being perpetuated. And that is the remarkable thing about what you're doing. You're bringing to our attention, uh, because as you noted earlier, it would be very easy to find things to complain about. But oh, yeah. if you focus instead on all the positive things, even in the moment when it's snowing and you're going down the winding mountainous paths in uh, Sussex County, uh, if you can see the beauty in that and appreciate it rather than, ah, it's snowing, you know, and uh, uh, you exactly. know, about it, it's, it's a habit. And we all need to get into the habit of appreciating right. life more uh, and enjoying life more. And, yes, we're not going to be happy with every single thing that happens. But if you no. focus on that, be miserable. Whereas if you focus on all the good things that are happening, not only in your life, but in your local area, you'll be amazed. Most how much definitely. And as, as we said, intent is important and um, the domino effect. Because, you know, and that was funny because that was one of the things about the Buddhist meditation. We're talking about anger and happiness and mm-hmm. how anger can just just spread that they did a whole big study that um yeah happiness spreads when you're happy you spread happiness but that anger perpetuates even more and it's you could see it on things like facebook or whatever or or magazine articles like better to the editor people will go back and forth getting more and more vicious like can you top this can you top that and what was the intent again you have to go back and stop pull yourself back in the background and say well what was the intent of this was this to get so out of control that there's just all this angry negativity and I haven't, haven't even really, I mean, just all horrible emotion rather than being logical and trying to bring some positive or education and communication. And on that point, I have to lord Katie Rotundi, the chairwoman, chairperson of the Sussex Democratic County Committee, because she started something called Between the Chairs. And they had their first meeting 
this past weekend. They have a guest, and basically it's an interview thing, and it's open to like some party members to get to know their officials. And it wasn't a massive political thing where I did this and I did that, or or trashing other parties or other other politicians. It was not that at all. It was positive, very positive. She asked different questions, and, and the guest, the first guest was Josh Gottheimer, who was the representative of District 5, uh, which includes Sussex County. And he talked about what, what uh, led him to the political path, you know, how he worked as a page and as an intern and, and answered the phone you know, in the office. And this uh, poor lady just never received a Social Security check. She, you know, went on and on. And he could have very easily just wrote the note down on the pad and left it from whoever he was doing internship for. He didn't. He did a little research in the office. He made phone calls and got the lady's check. <laughs> and he said there was such a feeling of satisfaction of helping someone that it always stayed with him. So, And it was great to hear that. And, and I do want to say it's very often you hear this and that about this politician, that politician, and he is up for re-election, and this is not uh, a uh, conversation for his re-election. I'm not going to bat for him now. What I'm saying here is here is someone that is in his second term who has sponsored or co-sponsored one of, like, I don't know, 175, a huge amount of bills. And uh-huh. those are not, not the typical bills that you would see, like, oh, you know, naming this after that one or um, – uh, putting somebody's face on a coin or whatever. Um, there's things like protecting America's Life-Saving Medicines Act of 2019, protecting your credit score act. Let's find some more here. Patient Parity Protection Act. Alyssa's Legacy Youth in School Safety Alert Act. Cutting Local wow. Taxes by Reinstating Salt Act. Supporting Graduate Medical Education at Community Hospitals Act, Regulatory Improvement Act, Reforms, Um, Miranda Vargas School Bus Driver Red Flag Act. That's amazing. Uh, Secure Every Child Under the Right Equipment Standards Act, Anti-Congestion Tax Act, Senior Security Act, Preventing a Doomsday Act. Uh, clarification of the Reserve Supervising Testimonies Act. Th- these things wow. are amazing. Amazing. Uh-huh. They're for veterans. They're for children. They are, they are for protecting people's life, uh, your, their, your rights. And uh, I'm really amazed at how many of these things. Fixing Housing Act, Secures Act, FRA Safety Data Improvement Act. And a lot of these things came from phone calls from his constituency. And uh, you and I have mentioned other times about uh, things that he's done in terms of uh, uh, JCPNL holding the, now there's a commission, holding them accountable for different things that are going on with equipment and uh, the outages, which started from people. And someone I know, thank you, Kathy Galvin, uh, who contacted him and said, why? Why does it take five days for a simple outage to get fixed? And why are we always last on the list? And he contacted them, and it got 
the ball rolling. Same thing with Vernon, with those dump sites, that particular dump site that went on for how many years? And, and it was not due to any fault of Vernon because the mayor was actively involved. The, we've talked about communities that were put together. And um, basically, you know, the DEP just poo-pooed them, did a visual look. Oh, yeah, right. Meanwhile, he went and looked at it, wanted answers to questions. Why was there not a lab test done? Why this? Why that? Why so many years? And all of a sudden, lo and behold, you know, since that moment when he started that, the ball got rolling. You have to have someone who's going to listen and who's in a position to do things for you because this had a domino effect. Him being in this spot has had a domino effect for the good. I'm happy yes, to say. What, what you're yes. um, sharing sounds like it benefits all, and it certainly benefits. Uh, there you go. Bipartisan. Bipartisan. Yes. For the good of all, not a particular party, not a corporation, for all. So, you know, that was really good. And I'd hate to, you know, end on this note, but we have to look at the perspective and see the domino effect. We've talked about communication and doing your research. Uh, Ballotpedia is amazing because it's factual information of people that represent you. For instance, when I was doing research on uh, Gottheimer, because I'd gone there and I wanted to know more about all these laws, I also looked further back at Scott Garrett, who was in that particular position for like, I think, 14 years as uh, the um, representative for the 5th District. And what was notable? Well, the fact that he voted for offshore drilling in New Jersey the fact that he voted for no penalties for some of these, um, uh, or for gouging on gas. No, he said, no, you know, I don't think they should get a penalty. I mean, some of the things that he voted for were so pro-major huge corporations at the risk, the domino risk to all of us. So I thought that was interesting, and I'm very happy that we have a representative now. Uh, that has does things for people, and he will answer phones. It's amazing. And on the other side of the coin, we see this new proposed budget of $4.8 trillion. More funding wow. for a border wall. More funding for the military. Um, how are you going to pay for it? Well, this is how it's going to affect New Jersey. Amtrak, funding for the Northeast Corridor would be slashed by more than half. Airports, the SAA Airport Improvement Program, well, they're talking about stopping all funding, all $35.6 million to New Jersey. Why? Public brought, because that's where the cut's coming from, and I'm sure that New Jersey, New York, certain states were, were being uh, victimized Let's be honest. You know, some people can be very angry and are retaliatory. Uh, FEMA budget would reduce funding for the Federal Emergency Management Act to update its flood maps by $163 million and $535 million in grants to state and local programs. Food stamps, supplemental nutrition program, 
$15.3 billion. New Jersey has 674,000 residents on them. They are not people. People have this idea that food stamps go to people that refuse to work. No. There are people that have menial jobs that cannot make it. They are living below the poverty level. Women that are not getting payment for their children. And then, of course, many elderly existing on food stamps. Uh, Block grants to help New Jersey cities, too bad, eliminated. Public broadcasting, the budget would eliminate the corporation for public broadcasting, $2.2 million. I guess it's not Fox News, so what can I tell you? Uh, Heating aid, proposed eliminating home energy assistance programs to help low-income. And, again, low-income means people that are working but making nothing to pay their heating bills. Heritage sites, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, The American Revolution National Heritage Area, they, they recognize the state's role in the Revolutionary War and 54 national heritage sites eliminated. Investigating chemical accidents. <laughs> this, these are the people, the Chemical Safety Board investigates accidents at chemical facilities. Eliminated. Medicaid, so, so one point. I'm very aware yeah. of what's going on. And, uh, oh, that you um, wouldn't even know. No, just no. And that ties into a couple other things with, with the, uh, the EPA. Medicaid, 1.5 million New Jerseyans, more than one in six residents are covered by Medicaid in some way or the other, or the Children's Health uh, Insurance Program. 9.3 billion out of the program. The poor and elderly and people with disabilities get this. Medicare, they promise not to cut it. Health care program for elderly, $8.8 billion reduction. And we have 1.6 million residents in the state on Medicare. Superfund sites. We have more Superfund sites in New Jersey than any other state. He would cut the funding for that by $113 million. And then there's, of course, welfare, the temporary, temporary assistance. You see that? It says temporary here. Would be yeah. cut by more than $200 million. Uh, there are many people that lose jobs for whatever reason, particularly considering the fact the way the job market is now, uh, corporations find it very easy to keep people as they need them. I don't want to hear how wonderful the uh, employment numbers are because there was something new in the paper that said, oh, no, employment numbers are not that great now. Well, no, they were very good for um, December, November and December. Why? And part of January because it was Christmas help. It was Christmas help. Now they don't need them anymore. So um, these are these are frightening things, and people need to see the domino effect of them. And um, it, it's it's not a good thing. The EPA would lose twenty six point five percent over the next year, and we know they're refusing to even look at studies anymore. Scientists that are working for the EPA now have a gag order. And here is a really interesting one. And we always talk about the code of conduct and violations. And that was maybe people are a little more aware of, of that now uh, when they talk about um, <clears throat> when they saw what happened with the uh, impeachment proceedings, that they were talking about violations of ethics because in the public sector you're held to a certain 
uh, reputation and a certain set, set of laws. And if, if you're not sure about that, you look at any public servant, whether it be a teacher, a policeman, a city council member, a board of education member, you have to be careful what you say and what you do, particularly if it involves money and ethics. And I will point to this. The president wanted to strike down a law that prohibits companies from bribing foreign officials, calling the ban unfair to American companies. In the spring of 2017, he was at a briefing with Rex Tillerson, then the Secretary of State in AIDS, and there was a mention of a bribery allegation, and he said that he wanted his help in scrapping, and this is what the act is called, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And it was enacted in 1977, heavily enforced, because it prohibits companies that operate in the United States from bribing foreign officials to obtain or retain business. And it is a major factor in corporate decisions about decision-making about operations abroad. And he felt it was unfair, and he wants the bill to get stripped down. There is something wrong when someone can see only from the private sector viewpoint of a business and will stoop to any level to make a profit. That is not what the public sector is about. And if anyone's offended, I'm not saying anything negative about a particular person. I am saying there is a code of conduct and a code of ethics that varies in the public sector from the private sector. And that and, was the issue that was involved with, with the impeachment as well. And that is uh, something that uh, we keep coming back to, and it's very important to look at it because, uh, um, again, we, we need to be responsible for our lives, uh, for our society, and for our world. So thank you for yeah. drawing our attention to these things as well so that uh, we know where to look to get more information. I posted your, your, your link to Ballotpedia. And I'll be posting your other links as well. I will send them to you ASAP. And thank you for having a a foundation, a a platform, so that information can be dispelled and people can make up their own minds. I look forward to our next conversation. And thanks to everybody who joined us tonight. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. For listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.